This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Jay Allen. Jay Allen, PhD, is a seasoned safety executive with over 20 years of operational leadership and policy experience in the transportation, retail, and logistics spheres. Professional focus points include OSHA compliance, logistics service strategy, management development, process automation, emergency planning, and technology solutions, to name a few. Currently, Jay is the Chief Safety Officer with Safety FM, a process improvement consultancy that helps organizations develop their systems and restructure their culture. Safety FM is known for their world-renowned podcast and broadcast. Jay Allen is available for bookings, keynote speeches, and consulting. Hey, Jay. We are very excited to have you on uh, TED Speaks today, which is now affiliated with, as you know, Safety FM. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about Safety FM and how we're so excited to be affiliated with you now? Well, Ted, first off, let me tell you about how excited I am of having the opportunity to come on to your show. It's always the odd portion of being on the opposite side. I'm so used to interviewing people. So when I come on to somebody's show and they're interviewing me, I get a little sketchy. I get a little scared of what's going on. But to answer your question, um, in regards to talking about what is Safety FM, the easiest way to probably explain it, it is a radio station that also has some podcasting shows on there, but it really just relates about things going on around in the world of safety. So we have different show hosts that talk about different concepts that go on inside of the world of safety. What I've always wanted to do with a method of radio is have something that is, I guess, not the norm, but where somebody can go and they don't have to look for a, a podcast, per se, of a certain name or a certain show, where they could just sit there and listen to a whole slew of things if they wanted to by just staying on one station. So it's no longer having to flip around and look for different things. This is basically for a safety professional and other people that are trying to learn as much as they can about safety. Correct. 
and that was the whole point. Because here's the thing. I will tell you, there's so many different methods of safety that are out there that it becomes very interesting. So if I look at it and I go, okay, I only want to know about behavior-based safety. Well, we have a guy on our radio station that does that by the name of Tim Lovelick. And he will talk about behavior-based safety. But the next guy that comes on after him, he talks more about the critical thinking side in the world of safety by the name of Mike Saddam. And we wanted this different aspect for it not just to be one, I guess, one position in safety, but for you just to hear a little bit of everything. And then you kind of determine on what will work inside of your environment or how you're seeing things. Yeah, so, you know, getting those different views, because all of us really are looking at different things specifically that we want to learn more about. And I think that this is really the great opportunity for that. So I have to tell you, with that being said, the amazing part about the whole thing is when we took a listen to your show, you have this positive way about speaking about everything. We won't talk about the dad joke, that thing, <laughs> but we'll talk about the way about how you stay positive about everything. But we thought that it was so fantastic and that you'd be a great addition to what we have going on. Because most of the time, especially when you're interacting with people that have a lot of conversations about things, they always talk about the shock and awe. And that's not what you talk about. You really go into this positive spin. I will go minister style, but I'll say that <laughs> you remind me of some very famous ministers, and I won't say out of Houston because that might be a little bit too much, but that they're very positive. So it, it reminds me a lot of that. Thank you for the compliment. And yes, we would fully believe, both Barbara and I, the more positive you can be with things, you know, the better off we're all going to be because that's what people remember is being positive and trying to get better, right? And if we use the other style, the old uh, as cop mentality and safety, as they call it, that just doesn't work. That may work for the short term, but we're looking at long-term results, right, in safety and helping others. Well, I mean, the way that you have to look at it to an extent is that when you start taking a look, is that when you use that short-term methodology where it's the employees to blame or we are going to actually move forward and terminate this person, and then all of a sudden you have the same problem, that's when you start recognizing there's an issue within the system. But it takes a while for organizations to adapt to that. Right. Because they have this small problem where they look into it and they go, okay, we've been doing this for so long, this is what we're accustomed to. So it's that change of thinking. It's that those different mind frames on how you have to start looking at how are you looking at this versionality of what you're doing. And I mean, you can apply this to safety where you could also apply this to system thinking within a normal organization. Right. And kind of the funny part about what you're saying, Jay, too, is even a company that may be struggling with safety is probably easier to change than a company that's been very successful, wouldn't you say? I would agree wholeheartedly with you with that. But I think also another portion to probably make a reference to is where actual companies have these systems where they go, okay, this is our organizational system, and then here's our safety system. And I think that that becomes a, a huge issue inside of organizations because you're trying to treat them as two separate things. Where if the organization looks at it as wholeheartedly safety tied into the system, mm-hmm. you won't have that separation where some people might turn around and say, oh, this is the redheaded stepchild of the whole thing, right. where it's all just mm-hmm. combined into one. Because it is easier to try to change the methods of how your organization does things with a culture, if it's all one culture, opposed to you having a safety culture and an organizational culture. Right. I think you bring up a good point because a lot of times as safety professionals, we focus on one aspect of the business, right? And we have to focus on the other areas too of the organization and make sure that the culture is all going together. Because if you don't, just like what you just said, Jay, if it's not working together, our safety, no matter how hard we try, it's not going to work. Yeah, I think that's one thing we've learned from having different guests on. We talk about safety, but there's so many different parts of a business that meld together and you really have to know a little bit about everything to make it successful. 
And that's what I like about Safety FM is, yeah, you talk about safety, but there's so many key concepts that come out of it. And it's a variety and it's entertaining and it's not just the same old, same old. So I think it keeps people's attention. Not that this podcast is the same old, same old, right? Of course not. Of course not. (laughs) Your podcast is definitely not same old, same old. I agree with what you're saying, Barb. But here's what I take a look at, too. And I kind of know that because on how we started off with Safety FM, we've kind of put ourselves, we'll say, in a niche because we put in the the word safety into it. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem that I see with people that are doing organizational changes is that if you go in there now and you say that you're a safety consultant, they might kind of be a little bit hesitant about doing any kind of interaction with you because you're strictly safety based on how they see it. But if you say that you are an organizational change consultant, they might take you a little bit further depending on what they're looking for. So it becomes a very interesting standpoint. But then I was like, I can't change the station name to organizational FM because I don't think a lot of people would even understand what I'm trying to say there. The funny part about the whole thing is that the safety FM name came up as a fluke because the name of the company is actually safety-focused moment, but we knew we wanted to get into radio, so we just kind of cut down the FM portion, and that's how the whole ah. safety FM aspect came about. But we are really using it now for frequency modulation for the most part, but that's how the name came about. I always say, when I talk about this, I normally really say that it was my wife's brainchild, because I was sitting around, I was just throwing out different things, because I was like, nobody's going to type out safety-focused moment to go to a website. <laughs> Well, we know that about our website, yes. healthandsafety.com. It's just long. It's long lengthy, and lengthy. And that's one thing we learned quickly. So you're exactly right. The Safety FM just was the right fit. If any time that you try to abbreviate anything, you know that it becomes a pretty big issue right away where people are, well, I'm not familiar with the name of that particular brand. Even if we did SFM for a period of time, but it threw some people off when we were doing it. Yeah, I can see that too. You're a host of the podcast, obviously, uh, Jay Allen, and been tremendously successful. What do your guests, and we kind of talked a little bit about this already, but what do your guests bring to your show that's kind of unique? Because I know you're not just looking for safety, folks. You're also looking for people that are doing different things within different organizations. Well, what I always wanted to be is that I just wanted to be a, a normal conversation. I want you to have that general feeling that if you were sitting, we'll say, at a park, at a bar, at a restaurant, if you were a fly on the wall, where you're listening to somebody having a conversation where it's organic, open, and honest. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to really highlight this, the different things of what they're speaking about in that conversation. I didn't want the conversation to really be about me. It's really understanding the details of what they're bringing in. Now, what I have noticed by interviewing people for several years now is that the moment that they think that everything's kind of almost coming close to an end of the episode, they seem to relax a little bit more, which always makes it a little bit interesting. And they'll give you some finite details on things that you might have never known. Now, what I find interesting to this day is I had a pretty big safety speaker that came on by the name of Sidney Decker, double PhD, kind of well-known throughout the world of safety. And during our conversation, he became so comfortable that he told me something that he had never told anyone. And it still sticks out to this day, that the first book that he ever wrote in safety he wrote it inside of the nursery of his first child while he was taking parental leave. And that was something that nobody had really seen that part of Sidney Decker during yeah. any interview. And that's something that a lot of people bring up to, to me when they talk about that interview, Jimmy. And it's just one of those things that I had never heard him mention that before. But he just became so comfortable because he didn't feel that it was a standard interview, if you may say. So you really are making a guess. I know when I've been on your show, I 
definitely felt very comfortable, very similar too, that it, it is a very relaxed, have more of a conversation, right? Norman Rockwell, I guess I could say. Oh. <laughs> hey, that, that one just came up. <laughs> I was like, hey now. <laughs> so, yeah, I just look at it as that when it's all said and done, what I want you to do is that I don't want it to be a conversation where people are just plugging away of a new product, even though I think that that's important. Don't get me wrong. But I want it to just be where you learn something that you might not have known about the individual, even if you've heard him or her several thousand times somewhere else. I just always wanted to have something new. You'll notice right away, too, that I don't do a lot of repeat interviews with the same people because I always get worried that I don't want people to think that I'm just using it because, oh, this might have brought in this many listeners. I want it to be something new opposed to it just kind of be something that's repeat. Yeah, that's a good point. We talked about the Jay Allen show and how obviously you bring on safety people and other people from different areas of the world. Leaders and organizations, right? Yeah. And just in general, what we've kind of learned from this show is even if you talk safety, there's things that you can pull from that, commonalities that apply to different areas of anyone's world, whether it's business or personal. And do you find that, that you don't really have to talk about safety to learn something about safety? Yeah. I think you're spot on. I love the question because here's the thing. People want to talk about what's going on in their organization if they believe it's not going to hurt them overall by public relations purposes. But they're able to talk about things that are outside of that world but apply to our world. Right. Because here's what I've been noticing with a safety professional. The safety professional nowadays has to understand the organization that they're working at. They have to understand the line-level worker. They also have to understand the middle and upper management, regardless of where they're at, because they have to be able to adapt. So when somebody comes on and starts talking about even any portion of that organization, they always tie it in somehow to what they quote-unquote safety, even though they're talking about different sections of the organization, because they're realizing how much further that actual safety aspect is now expanding. We have a gentleman on our network by the name of Samuel Goodman, who has a show that's called The Hop Nerd. He calls it Safety Fix It because he has to know a little bit about everything. I always think about Fix It Felix Felix from Disney for some reason when that comes about. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Jay, I also wanted to kind of touch base. Kind of utilizing new ways of educating like podcasts seem to make safety a little more fun and exciting. Some people might think it's a little bit boring in normal means, but what are some other ways safety professionals can make safety more interesting? Do you have any ideas on that? Well, what I always tell people is that it has to be infotainment. It has to be exciting and it has to also be something that brings information that brings value. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. When I was younger and I was a child, I loved Peter Jennings, the newscaster. <laughs> I thought he was great till the day that he passed away in regards to what he brought, brought to us. But you cannot get somebody of the younger generation to be interested in the Peter Jennings style of information being disseminated to you. Right. So I think that you have to adapt the personality or the environment to be able to do this infotainment style of information. I will tell you, one of the well-known people that I know in the safety industry by the name of Dr. Todd Conklin, he goes around and he gives information, but it's almost like a, a small comedy act. But it keeps people engaged because you never know where it's going to go. So there's some comedy aspects to it, but there's some serious information in regards to sticky, also steps that are inside of there, where he goes into these discussions that tie into these bigger pictures, but you're not realizing while you're going through it that these small pieces 
that might have made you chuckle at one portion are become a serious matter a little bit later on. And I think that as a safety professional, if we would understand that a little bit better about marketing, you'll get a lot further inside of your organization by trying to spread the message of safety. What do you think about that? I think you are right on, Jay, with we have to adapt to the environment that we're dealing with, right? And so when we're dealing with management, we look at things differently because they look at things differently. We have to make sure we're walking in the shoes that we're talking to. I think it's probably the best way to really kind of think about it. And that changes from day to day, minute to minute in what we do. So I think you're spot on with that. Yeah, I think reading your audience is always important. But like you said, too, sometimes people, depending on what the topic, we've all sat in a conference or done training that isn't very exciting. And sometimes Safety just gets that bad rap at first. But I think with a lot of new ways people are doing things, you do, you have to make things exciting. That's how people are going to retain. You're going to keep their attention. And that's with anything. We're only human. We want to be entertained. And in the long run, we'll learn more from it, I think. And Todd and yourself do a great job with it. Barb, you're being too kind. You can say it. I'll say it for you. We've been to a lot of them that are extremely boring. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah. okay to say, I'll say it. We can play that I'm the bad guy here. I'm the guest. So I should be able to get away with quite a few things. I'll let you do that. That's very true, though. I mean, I've sat through training sometimes and I sit there and I just want to fall asleep. You might have even given some of those training sessions. I might have, and hopefully not. Hopefully I've gotten over that. But... Just kidding. <laughs> She's listened to some of my safety speeches with the kids, and that's not always the most impressive thing. Uh, no. Ted does a very good job. But here's the thing that we have to think about, too. And I know that we've been going through the pandemic for a little over a year right now. But a lot of people thought that they would be able to take their in-person speech or information and go into a Zoom environment or a virtual environment and be able to share the same messaging. Well, it's a little bit more difficult because you can't read the room and you don't know how engaging something can be. Yes. Right. Very true. So those virtual speeches have to be, you're competing against a lot of things. You're competing against who's going on inside of that room with whoever the listener is or the audience member. Plus, you're competing with the Facebook, the YouTube, and the other social media platforms of the, world, of the world and trying to keep them engaged. So I think that the virtual event, I know that a lot of groups have tried to change it where it makes you feel like you're there in person because you have an avatar. I don't think that's the right approach. I think you need to approach it where you're letting them know they're in a virtual environment and what you can do to make it slightly better. And you're going to have to do the questions and the polls and all these things that a lot of these platforms allow you to do, opposed to the standard, look at me as if you were just watching a television set and if you were interacting with the TV was just talking to you. If people are not really going to care about that, but then also people don't want a, a 20-person, 400-person Zoom boxes where they can have to flip through the charts and try to figure out who's speaking. Right, yeah. yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> well, and I think you bring up a good point with this past year and Zoom meetings and all of that. I think there's a lot that we've learned from it that will carry through and has been helpful. But I think you either have the person on the other end that loves that kind of learning style and is engaged, or you have people that just need that face-to-face interaction. And when that wasn't available, you have to try to figure something out. I know speaking from the parenting side, we had kids doing virtual school for many months in our district. And Teachers do a great job, but that's not what they were hired to do was to teach virtually. And we had a lot of struggles with our kids just wanting to learn. It just wasn't exciting. And you take that face-to-face interaction out of there and it becomes a little dull. So learning is more of a struggle. And that's... 
I have to tell you, when you say that, I feel so bad for the people that had to do a co-mingled or, or the cross environment where they were doing the virtual and the inversion because it makes it very difficult to engage. So, I mean, I admire what they do because they definitely were stepping into something that had never happened before and now doing this where you have people in person, you have people virtual, and you're trying to engage them both now. I appreciate you doing that. Right, exactly. I know teachers in general, they were thrown a, a loop and the kids too. And yep. so you just have to make the best of a situation. But I think overall, our society has learned a lot about communicating a yet a different way, <laughs> unfortunately, to a big extent. But you just have to roll with it. It's all part of the process of life, right? We're all growing. And it was another curveball that was thrown to us. And so as a country and really as a world, we moved on and, and we're able to find other ways around. And we always are in history. If you always look at that, we're always able to adapt. Sometimes we don't always like to, but we adapt, similar to safety. Yep, very true. Well, hey, Jay, thank you for uh, being on the show today. But as you know, this is my favorite part of the show. I'm sure you prepared very long and hard on this one, right, Jay? So we want to make it the positive part. I'm waiting to hear these. I'm definitely waiting to hear these. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, hopefully your daughter was able to prep you properly for this part of the show. Okay, you take it away, Ted. I don't know if I'm supposed to confess if I really know the answers to any of these either. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how they go. Oh, if you know the answers, let us know. We've yes. had one or two guests that have, and we've been impressed because yep. normally people don't get these. <laughs> Out of 36 episodes, we probably had about three people get them, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no pressure there. No, no, no pressure. We had one guest share a joke with us at the end. So if you're good at joke telling, you can do that too. All right, Jay, here we go. This is the positive <laughs> safety coach giving you a, the good joke here. What are the strongest days of the week? The strongest days of the week. I have no clue. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, and the rest are weekdays. Just promoting the weekend, you know. Okay, here we go. What did the hat say to the hat rack? Shoot, kid, I have no clue. <laughs> you stay here. I'll go on ahead. <laughs> oh. Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. He just doesn't think it's funny, Barb. <laughs> oh, sometimes I say these on the way down and I'm just giggling. She gets more kick out of it on the way down here. <laughs> Our last one here. Oh, we have two more, so. Okay, two more now, I guess. <laughs> Hold on, I got four. I thought both of them were three. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the way it works, Jay, but I guess you're special today. We threw an extra one in. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you said great. <laughs> Why was the broom late for work? You're stumping me. I have no clue. I need Jackie the Joke Man Martling to come on or something. It overswept. It overswept. Elsie <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> has a big smile on his face and just shaking his head going, oh my gosh, you guys. I was going to say, I hope Elsie's shaking his head for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this last one, I think you'll get though. I think you might have heard this one before. What do you call cheese that isn't yours? From the dairy state, of course. Never heard this before. Oh, well, maybe because we live in Wisconsin. So what do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yep, I got something off for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Jay, for being on the show. Really appreciate that and really looking forward to our partnership with Safety FM. Can you kind of share with our um, listeners how to get a hold of you if they're interested? Oh, yes. I mean, the best thing to do if you want to get a hold of us, just go to the website, safetyfm.com. And I can't tell you how happy we are to have you and Barb actually as, as part of our group as we continue to try to grow this effort of safety and risk being able to, to spread the message across the board. I can't tell you how much it means to be able to have you both on and actually being part of the network. We're very excited and thank Absolutely. you for the opportunity. Yes. 
Thank you, Jay, and have a super safe day. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.